Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where I pick the podcast. And I shut my cake hole. And today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 6 of Supernatural, titled Skin. Jamie, what did you think? So I don't think Bethany's going to guess what my PSA this week is, because Skins isn't an episode that really has a clear PSA. Okay. I'm, I was really trying to guess what it was going to be while I was watching the episode. Ooh, you make me guess all the time. Oh, guess what it's going to be. I've just set myself up for that so badly. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, I think your PSA is going to be – put me on the spot and I don't like it. How do you think I feel? See, this is just getting a history on medicine. <laughs> you do this to me every episode. You're like, so what do you think's going to happen? I know. What do you think of this character development moment that parallels absolutely nothing to you oh, because you haven't seen it? Oh, okay. I've got my PSA. My The PSA I think that you've come up with for skin is don't split up when you know that there is an evil doppelganger running around because that's what annoyed me in this episode when they, they know that it's a fucking shapeshifter. Spoilers. If you didn't know that, it's a shapeshifter that they're dealing with. And then they, like, run into it in the fucking sewer. And then it, like, touches Dean. And then it runs away. And then Sam and Dean come up out of the sewer. And they're like, let's split up and look for the thing that can turn into anyone. Like a couple of dumbasses. Because obviously it's now going to turn into one of them, Dean. Because it touched Dean. So it, like, has his, I don't know, DNA or whatever. And, um, and then that's exactly what happens. So I think the PSA is... If you know that you and your buddy are being, like, you know, are involved in some kind of manhunt with something that could really well camouflage or, like, turn into you, don't split up. See, that was, was, like, was not close. my... It was close. <laughs> Do we not I, have I will admit PSAs? it's close. But you've got to remember, my PSAs are grounded in reality. Mm. Every PSA is Fuck. something that the everyday person can apply to their own life. Shit. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Don't form a codependent relationship with your brother. <laughs> Cutting off all your friends and family is not healthy. It's not. That is a good PSA. Don't form codependent relationships with your siblings or with anyone. Be independent. Know yourself. You know, have other interests and acti- have, have find a hobby. Find a hobby. Find a hobby. That's exactly what we've done. We have found a hobby. For Jamie, it... She probably could have found a better hobby. For me, this is probably the best case scenario. I needed an outlet. <laughs> I am very flattered that you think I could find a better hobby, but... I... You could do better. I already, This is the thing. I already have brain rot. I've already got Winchester derangement syndrome. You don't yet, clearly. So you could still get out. Um, I'd be sad, though, because I want you to suffer with me. Okay. Do you have a point that you'd like to make first up or can I continue to speak? If you're done with your PSA, are you done? I'm done with my PSA. I think it stands pretty well on its own. It's a full established point in itself. in itself. You don't have to worry about any – there's no tangents, there's nothing. Just don't form codependent relationships. Don't cut everyone else on your life off. That's not a healthy thing to do. No, it's not. All right. Well, thank you very much, Jamie, for your PSA. Appreciate it as always. So, okay, uh, let's pull it back a little bit because we kind of just got right into the meat of the episode there with no introduction. The first thing that I wanted to talk about was that I thought that the intro for this episode, like the little like pre-credit bit, 
the vibe was completely different to every other episode so far. Yeah, I wrote, I was like, I think this is fun. Like, they're really mixing it up from the previous episode. I was sitting there going, like, this doesn't feel like how they've established every other episode so far. Yeah, they really, like, I don't know, they had fun with that one. They you did know? something different. Yeah, it was, like, I don't know if I like it, though. I thought I liked it because I liked it because it was different to what they've established, you know? And so I think that's like, it's like a quick, like, I don't know, change of pace, I guess. And you sort of get told what's going to happen before it happens. But it's also, it's also kind of like one of those like record scratch. Yep, that's me. I bet you're wondering how I got here. And it's like that 90s, like. Yeah. <laughs> Look, as a person, I'm not always a huge fan of the sort of showing the consequences before the actions that led mm the person there because I feel like in some cases it can create this sort of break in the tension mm. of the build-up in terms of like having that thing be unknown yeah it doesn't always pay off to already have established this character is going to get caught mm. though as soon as they established this was an episode with a shape shifter it was immediately apparent that it is not Dean who's going to get caught. It's going to be the shapeshifter. Yeah, and it's like, I like, it's funny because obviously like the very start of the episode, you don't really know what's going to happen yet. So you see like Dean get caught and you're like, what is Dean doing to this poor woman? Like she must be like a monster. Like, you know, she's framed him somehow. Like, you know, because he's clearly like the quote unquote like good guy. So if he's like attacking this person like he must have a reason that we understand but the cops don't and like you know you assume that like somehow he's innocent in this and then you watch the episode and you're like oh no 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 he's definitely not innocent she's definitely innocent but he is not Dean but he is not Dean Dean is innocent but he is not so it's interesting because like they're kind of telling you what happens but given the nature of the monster they are not telling you what happens and so I kind of like that as well like I completely understand what you're saying I usually also am not a huge fan of the like in a movie, I don't mind it so much if they do the whole like kind of like record scratch. I bet you're wondering how I ended up here sort of thing. Because movies are generally long enough that you kind of forget that that happened. Or at least I find so. Like by the time you get to the point in the movie where they're in that situation, you're like, oh, fucking of course. Yeah, I now I understand. And like, you know, if it's done properly, you're kind of like, oh, this is how that came together. But because it's only a 40 minute episode and they kind of have the reveal like relatively early, it does kind of lose a little bit of the effect. I would just like to say the law boy email has returned. I know. That was my next point as well. His little stylist when he's checking the email. He's like, it's like the one you would have with like your old DS. And he's like, click, click and scrolling. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, law boy at Stanford. RIP. Because like, the fact that he's still receiving and he's still checking his little boy email as well. Yeah. Like, I guess he's not completely codependent yet. Yeah. He's trying to keep other friendships. But then, of course, Dean in that scene immediately says to him, like, why do you have friends? That's a bad idea. And it's kind of like, well. And Sam is basically like, or I could just lie to all my friends constantly and it'll be fine. Yeah. Let's see how that works out for him. Through the episode. And also how it already worked out for Jess. Let's remember that. (laughs) Um, Yes, no, I thought it was hilarious. And also it's one of those things where there are a lot 
of aspects that date this show. But the technology is definitely one of them. Like having the flip phones and phones with buttons at all. It's so funny. And I'm glad that like as the seasons progress, they obviously like move with the like technology. So like by the end of the series, they're using like iPhones or well, not iPhones because they don't get that kind of sponsorship, but like smartphones. But yeah, going back and watching the earlier seasons, God, it's fucking funny. One thing I did want to say, like, after he gets the email from um, Beck, her name's mm. Beck, right? Yes. Um, being like, oh, my brother's been framed for this crime and, like, he didn't do it. I know he didn't do it. And he convinces Dean, like, all right, let's go back. And then they show up at her house and she's like, Sam, I didn't know you were coming. And I'm kind of like, did you not reply to her email? Like, did you not? Why didn't you tell her? Like, she's clearly going through, like, a fairly traumatic family situation. And you read her email and you were like, oh, I'll pop around. He left her and read before yeah. it was a thing. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, didn't tell her. And then showed up at her door. And it's kind of like, maybe she didn't want to see you. Like, I don't know. Like, clearly she did. She was happy to see him. But, like, can you imagine if you were in that position? Like, you just found out, like, your parents are in the wrong country. And you've just found out that your brother's been accused of murdering his girlfriend. And you're like, you know that it's not possible, but you're trying to figure it out. And then you're just stressing. You email your friend. He completely ignores you. And then he just shows up at your house like hours later with no warning. With a friend. He also brought a guest. Let's talk about more about the interactions with the sister, Becky. Mm. I think that is what they refer to her in the episode. Becky or Becky, yeah. I think it's, like, short for Rebecca. So. Yeah, yeah. We're just going to call her Becky for mm-hmm. clarity's sake. Like, they invite her in. He goes, he he lies through his teeth. He's like, yeah. my brother is a police officer. I know. Show us the sealed crime scene. What is that? How do these people keep on getting access to sealed crime scenes? I know. That's a different point for another time. I had another point, though. She is then like, oh, do you want a beer? And, like, they're like, well, Dean's like, yes. And Sam, like, overrides him and goes, no. no. Yeah. And then later in the episode, they bring it back. They're like, oh, can we have that beer now? Mm-hmm. And then she, he goes, oh, can we have a sandwich too? I know. And she goes, what do you think this is, Hooters? That's weirdly specific. Oh, my God. Why do they say, like, what do you think this is, Hooters? Why not say, like, oh, do you think this is a restaurant? I think it's because Hooters is, like, as far as I'm aware, bear in mind, not American, but from what I have heard from people who are American – Hooters is very much like, like the the name Hooters is uh, descriptive. Like it's basically like all the waitresses are quite heavily bosomed, and like that's part of the selling point. Like, oh, it's see, a, that's not it's what a I'm sexism thing. About. I understand <laughs> that it's a sexism thing. That's not what I'm confused about. Yeah, it would be equally as weird if she had said, "What do you think this is? An Olive Garden?" Yeah, you're right. Why do they have the product placement <laughs> brand name drop there? That's what I'm that asking. Hashtag spawn. Hashtag sponsored <laughs> by Hooters. Wow. They would be. I, yeah, I personally was sitting there and I was like, I cannot believe of all things. He just asked her to make him a sandwich. Like, like really? It's like you already asked her for a bit. Like all you had to do was get her out of the room for like a minute. Like, that's it. And you were like, oh, can you go make me a sandwich? Like, fuck, Sam, bro. And, like, she plays it off as, like, a joke. And I'm like, yeah, okay. But also, like, damn, out of everything he could have said, he asked her to go and make him a sandwich. And she's also still in grieving. Like, she, yeah. her brother was literally just 
He's, like, in custody. In custody. He's just been arrested for murder. Mm. And I'm assuming that she knew his girlfriend. Yeah, right. So, like, Given how upset she is when they're looking at the crime scene and all, like, the blood splatter and stuff. Yeah, I'd assume she knew her. So it's sort of, it's just really weird for me that they're like, oh, now we're just going to enter your house. I kind of want to know why they're involving her at all. Like, I understand why Sam would want to go and see his friend and be like, hey, like, I'm really sorry that this has happened. Like, are you okay? Can I do anything for you? Because he's just, Sam is genuinely a good person. He has really good intentions. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. But he does. Like, he has good intentions. He wants to help people, except that one part where he said, let these people die. (laughs) Generally speaking, Sam, he has good intentions and he wants to help people. And these are his friends. And he does feel somewhat guilty that, you know, he never told them. Like, he lied to them, I guess. And I understand him wanting to go and, like, be a good friend and be like, hey, are you okay? What can I do? Can I help? But I don't understand why they then were like, can you get us access to the crime scene? Can you get the police tape? Can you do this? Because they've established that they're more than capable of doing these things by themselves. And by including her, they are making her, like... An accessory to crime? Yeah, they're making her, like... Is it complicit? Is that the word that I'm looking for? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like... And she even says to them, like, she told her lawyer that she went in there with a cop, and he's like, why would you tell him? And she was like, well, why should I not think... That I would that be able, all above you, told me you told me that I it was going to be okay. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, it kind of baffles me because, like, obviously Sam cares about her. So it's like, you didn't have to involve her. So why did you? Like, why did you put her at risk? And, like, she makes a great point. They opened a sealed crime scene with no jurisdiction and no, like, credentials and just wandered about in there. They completely fucked up his case from a legal standpoint. And could have destroyed evidence from a, like, investigation standpoint. Active investigation standpoint, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which really begs the question once more, how the fuck is he a law student? Mm, I know. (laughs) Like, I feel like we ask ourselves this every episode because every episode he does something. Just, like, yelling about crimes or. or Something that's just, like, (laughs) how stupid do you have to fucking be to do that knowing what you presumably know about the law because it's not. He's pre-law, which means that he was looking to apply for his post-grad degree in law, which yeah. means he's already done his entire pre-law he's done course. four years or whatever. Which is yeah. three, four years of law. Yeah. But you still do law as a top. Like, it's like doing medical sciences before. Yeah. You, yeah. Oh, God, no. I, <laughs> I just, I feel bad for her because she messaged him, like, or emailed him. Probably just to let him know. And to, like, look for, like, if I, I don't know, if I found out that my brother had been accused of murder and I was reaching out to a friend, I probably just want to be like, hey, I'm looking for some support right now. I'm not looking for you to come and solve the mystery. Like, if I was looking for someone to solve a mystery, I would email a private investigator, you know, or like a lawyer or anyone other than my random college friend who has gone on a mysterious road trip after his girlfriend died of weird circumstances. (laughs) Presumably also her friend. You know? Mm. Oh my god, also, the picture of them on the fridge. You know how, like, the ghost, the picture, and then it zooms in on uh, her brother, Zach, I think was his name? It, like, zooms in on him and it, like, turns into a scene of, like, him watching, like, the next victims. Yeah. Zach looks like a younger version of the evil guy from Toy Story 2. 
Do you know? I didn't clock that. Oh my god! I didn't god. even know. I was like, why does he look? Familiar? I'm gonna Google right now. Toy Story to evil guy and show you a Google image. And you tell me that Zach is not just a like twenty year younger version of this man. Oh my god! I know exactly. Send me that picture in a meme, right? Like, look, look at this guy. I'm correct. I'm correct. Anyone listening to this who doesn't know what I'm talking about, I implore you, just Google Toy Story 2 evil guy, and it's the bald dude, not the guy with a hat. He doesn't look like the guy with a hat. No. Stinky Pete. He looks like Al McWiggan. There you go. That's his name. name. (laughs) Which is a really weird name. Al McWiggan, the true antagonist. One of three people who always run the podcast. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the bit where they're trying to work out how the shapeshifter got out of the scene of the crime. Like the first yes, one. Yes, yes. Right, they're standing in that little alleyway thing. Uh-huh. There's that massive fucking handprint of blood. I know, the and giant. And I'm sitting there going, how did nobody notice this? It's like a gi- it looks like someone literally took a paintbrush that you would use to like paint your house. Like not a small, like, oh, I'm going to do a beautiful oil painting brush. Like a fucking piss off 10 centimeter diameter brush and just went whack over this bloody signpost. Like, it's not subtle. It's not small. The cops are useless in this universe. Like, they are. (laughs) Because anyone with functional eyes could look at that. Like, a child would have been like, hey, mommy, what's that? Like, it's not insignificant. I'm just looking at it like, how did how did no one spot that? Yeah. Because surely if the coppers had spotted that, Mm -hmm. but you think they would, because you think they would investigate, like, because they said that it appeared that the victim knew the attacker mm-hmm. because the, they didn't si- find any signs of struggle to get into the house. They didn't find yeah. any signs of breaking and entering. And they also had the video that literally showed the dude just, like, walking into the house. Like You would assume they'd also check the outside of the house to find any evidence, anything that wasn't captured on footage. You think they would have walked around the mm-hmm. goddamn crime scene. I do get, though, like, I think because they were at the back of the house and, like, they said in the episode, like, they had the footage of him walking into the house and then they found him in the house. So they had no reason, I guess, to assume that he had exited at any point. But also, assuming, though, that he has been saying, basically, I wasn't here, like, I have a... Mm. I have an alibi, alibi. this isn't what happened. And they had reason to suspect that the video footage had been tampered with Mm -hmm. because the suspect was saying and his sister was saying, he couldn't have been there, he was with me. Yeah. You would assume that they'd at least do their due diligence and just check to see if there's any other way that an intruder could have gotten into the house. Yeah. I think it's funny actually because like we're coming at this with like a we know that there's like a supernatural angle, but I guess like if I was in the position, if I was, if someone came to me and was like, hey, here's this crime. We found this guy's girlfriend just straight up murdered in his house. We have a video of him entering the house. We found him in the house, literal blood on his hands. He says he didn't do it. What do you think? I'd be like, well, he probably fucking did it. See, but I feel like that (laughs) summary misses out some key elements that would make me question it. Okay, such as? He has no history of violence. Mm. They appeared to be in what was a happy relationship. They hadn't had any massive blowouts. They hadn't had any massive bulls. Like, no friends or family were concerned about either of them in the relationship. They also have the sister who said, no, he was with me. It's not just a case of he said, I I wasn't there. They also had somebody else. And then it's also not a secure system in terms of the security footage. And at that point, they, it would have been analysed by a security expert yet, so they couldn't have known that the footage wasn't tampered with. So I'm not saying you completely dismiss this guy as a suspect. I'm saying you should 
still walk around and see if there's any other potential <laughs> entry point yeah. into the house. Yeah. One thing I will add, though, is I feel really bad for, obviously, the women who are being brutally murdered. attacked yes. and murdered. Yes. But I also feel so bad for their partners who are coming home and, one, finding that situation and then calling the police and then being arrested because what the fuck. But also, I feel bad for the guys where their partners survived, but they go in and they're like, oh my God, oh my God, like the second yeah. the second girl um, and her partner came home early because the flight was cancelled. And he comes in and he finds her all bloodied up and he goes and he's like, oh my God, like, are you okay? Are you okay? And he's trying to, he's like, it's okay. It's me. I'm going to get you out. And she is terrified of him because to her knowledge, he's the one who put her in that situation. I'm like, my God, the amount of like couples counseling that they're going to have to to go through. I think that's sort know? of a situation where there is not enough counseling. To... In the world. Yeah. And I just feel horrible because like obviously she's gone through this traumatic horrific like emotional and physical it's an ordeal unimaginable and then he's walked in seeing her in this position all he wants to do is help oh my god who's done this to you are you okay what can i do i want to help you and she's terrified of him like and they don't understand why and then he fucking turns around and sees himself and let's also not discount the fact that after all this is over, the way that it sort of wraps up to, like, the average person mm. is it was this guy, Dean Winchester, who did it. Yeah. He looked like this. Imagine how insane you would feel mm. if you're – okay, let's say you're the second person yeah. and you don't know about the monster of the week. Yeah. And you don't know that this is what's happening. And you've just watched your husband torture you for – what is presumably a couple hours. Yeah, a long time. And then everyone is telling you they didn't look anything like your husband. They look like this. Yeah, actually, it wasn't an Asian man in a business suit. It was a white guy in flannel. I don't know how you thought that was your husband. <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. It's like it's like gaslighting, but it's not. But no, it, it, it's not it, intentional <laughs> gaslighting. It's not the system of abuse where you make somebody question their own reality. But it is... A situation in which somebody is questioning their own reality because yeah. no one shares their truth mm-hmm. because no one knows the truth. I'm glad that crime is just crime in our universe and there's no, like, I don't know, I guess you could have, a, like, an evil twin. I guess that's feasible in some circumstances, but not to this extent. <laughs> not shapeshifters. Also, oh my god, the shapeshifters. Can we just take a second to appreciate that everything to do with their shedding is disgusting? Like, it's so so gross when they find the skin puddles it's just like and then you see when it changes from dean into whoever else like it's just it's disgusting the fingernails are popping out his teeth are popping out and it's just i I hated the effects they used though oh i hate them with a passion really they are not effective are you kidding me i can't watch it it's too much i quite genuinely find it it looks too fake i disagree strongly i the concept so horrifying But the execution, really mediocre and it doesn't... I don't think any actor in the world could save this. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it was any matter of skill. It was just, like, the way they designed the effects were terrible. I didn't like them at all. 
They looked so fake. I have to disagree with you on this one. I quite genuinely cannot watch these scenes. They make me so uncomfortable. Like, I understand, like, obviously that's not how skin works. But also, it's not real skin, I guess, like, in this scenario. So it is just kind of, like, it, it's it's disgusting. I can't watch it. And I personally, like, especially the teeth. Or the teeth popping out and the fucking fingernails popping off. I can't. I can't. It's, it's too much. I don't like horror. I hate gore. Like, I really do. This show is truly the one exception to my very hard, fast, I don't like horror, gore, blood, bodily bits. Like, we went to see In the Heights and they're in the swimming pool and that dude is, like, popping his shoulder and doing all that fucking stuff in the background of that one scene. I paid no attention to every this actual singing and whatever was happening in that scene because all I could think about was the guy in the background fucking dislocating his damn shoulder and it's so gross. <laughs> that was a choice. I don't know why they put that in there. But this is the same. Like, I can't watch it. it it's it's too gross. See, for me, it just it very much just looked like, like gelatin and food colouring. I mean, that's probably what it was. But... <laughs> Like, it's just, oh, oh, the teeth and the nails is really, like, the skin ripping, yeah, neither here nor there, but the nails and the teeth is what really get me. See, I didn't mind the effects they used for nails and teeth. The effect that I hated the most, though, was when they did the rib thing, and, like, the rib's like a ripple. Mm. It's like, that is unnecessary. And it just, like, it broke it completely for me. And then I was just looking at this going, yeah, but those teeth look fake. Yeah, but that looks fake. And it's, like, very clear that he just pulled, like, a fake ear off of his ear. Like, it... I... Oh, God. Look, all right. You can... You can... Obviously, you're entitled to your opinions, but... Oh, nah. On that one, I'm going to disagree with you. I thought it was... I thought it was very effective in the sense that it wanted to make me throw up. It wanted to. It made me want to throw up. Therefore, it was effective. (laughs) Regardless of how realistic it looked, like... No, we gotta do a poll of our friends. Like, okay, of this scene, did you think it was an effective use of special effects? Oh, we'll put a gif up on Twitter and just <laughs> or Instagram. Start a poll. Mm, mm-hmm. All right, let's move along from that. Okay, let's continue talking about the shapeshifter and the effects they used on him because I do have one other point. Okay. And that's that I thought it was actually really interesting that they made his eyes look sort of chameleon-like. Mm, mm-hmm. And that I think that was definitely an interesting choice. And I sort of wish that when they had gone with the effects for the shedding, yeah. it had been more like reptilian. A, like a lizard. Like a lizard or like a snake shedding its skin. Mm. In terms of like it sort of dries out and it falls off as a husk. Yeah. I, oh, God. I hate it either way, to be honest with you. I hate it either way. You hate it either way. <laughs> See, I don't know. I just think the way they did it was just, it felt very much like they were trying to make it more gory than it needed to be to be effective. I don't know. And like they were just, it's gore for gore's sake and not for an impact. That makes sense? I guess so. I guess the impact is supposed to just be that it's gross. I don't, like maybe there's something more to read into it there. But for me, it's just like, oh, that's just grotty. That's just gross. One thing that I do really, really love though about the shifter and about like how they use this monster as a like plot device I guess is that it doesn't only take like your shape they like talk about it having like a psychic connection with whoever it's taken the form of which means that it like has their thoughts and their like memories as well and that is fascinating because then we get obviously a couple of monologues from the shifter but it's using information about Dean in those monologues. So we get information that Dean would never in a million years divulge because the monster is taking it and weaponizing it in a way that Dean never would. Can we talk about that first monologue against Sam, though? Yeah. 
Because that's, I have known this character for four episodes and even I know that's not how he fucking feels. Like, even I know that that's every, like, possible resentment he's ever had dredged up to the surface and it's not an accurate reflection of how he thinks of his brother. No, it's not. Like, that's what I was saying. Like, the monster is weaponizing it. But it's also... Sam falls hook, line, and sinker for it, though. But I also think that it's not... I don't think it is his primary, like, thought. Like, I don't think he's like, wow, I hate Sam. He got to have the life I, you know, would have wanted for myself. But I also don't think it doesn't exist. I think it's rooted in truth. Like, I think there is jealousy there. And I think there is a resentment there of well you got to have a like a normal life and you got to go to school and you got to have friends and I had to stay with dad because if I left like I couldn't leave dad with you because I was your like competent parent so I couldn't leave I had to watch out for you but then you did leave and you left me with dad and then I couldn't leave because then I would just be leaving dad and who was going to look after him so like I think there is like a level of resentment there and a level of jealousy I don't think he would ever use it against Sam or hold it against him in the way that the shifter does. Like, I don't think he would ever weaponize it. But I think it does exist. See, I think it's more the shifter has seen their past Mm. and shares the memories of Dean, etc. Okay, he might have a bit of resentment and jealousy underneath everything for Sam. But I don't think it's a significant amount. And I think what the Doppler did was the Doppler took everything that Dean knew about Sam and targeted Sam's specific weaknesses. That's fair. I don't think it was a case of he was speaking, you know, the underlying truth of what Dean thought. I think it's he was looking for any way possible to break that relationship between the two brothers. Mm -hmm. So he was looking for Sam's weaknesses based on what Dean knows about Sam. So it's more a case of, like, I'm going to say what I know Sam can rationalise, like, rather than, like... What Sam will be able to believe Mm. based on... That's an interesting take, too. I think, um... Because if you actually listen to his second monologue, like the Shifter's second monologue, he's talking about how he's so lonely. So it stands to reason that one of the reasons he's doing all of this is because he wants everyone else to be as lonely as he is. He's sort of trying to punish people and he's trying to stop people from loving each other and stop people from trusting each other. So that's sort of where his motivations come from. Mm. So I saw it more as the Shifter is trying to push Sam away using whatever he can weaponize from the shared past that he knows from Dean. Yeah, like drive a wedge. Yeah. Drive a wedge between them. Because for me, Dean doesn't really strike me as a character who wants a normal life. I think, um, again, it's difficult because I've seen more than you have. So, like, my opinions on this are, like, I can't help but be biased from later things. So it does make it a little bit difficult. But I can, I do understand, like, where you're coming from. Because, yeah, absolutely, like, he's very much hell-bent on, like, this is our life. You can't have a normal life. You can't have friends outside of the life. What do you think? There's going to be, like, a picket fence. And, like, he talks about, you know, there are perks, you know, and he's, like, excited to have the weapons and stuff. Which, let's talk about that. Because if you want to shoot weapons, (laughs) shooting ranges are a thing. Yeah. Normal hunting is a thing like you don't have to become a supernatural demon hunter (laughs) yeah to shoot a weapon like that that's not how it works but you know like and that's i can understand like that reading what he shows and what we know of him as a character it's at this point yes like that is very true but i also think in the second monologue as well when he's talking about like i can empathize with him i think that's again the monster drawing on something that is true within dean he is lonely because we've established he doesn't have any friends that's why he came to get sam because dean lost john and sam's the only other person 
person that he has. Like, I mean, he does have another character who you haven't met yet, who is like sort of like a pseudo parent, but he doesn't have friends. He doesn't have anyone that's like his age that he can connect with and like have come along. Like he is lonely as well. And it is partially because he is so different and he knows that he can't really have friends who aren't also in that lifestyle. So I think it's another case of like the monster is obviously doing things that Dean would never do. Like the horrible situation with um, Becca, where it was like very rapey vibes and just terrible all round. And also, yeah, like weaponizing those, those things against Sam. But I also think that it is drawn on some level of truth from Dean's emotional self, I guess. So let's talk about that scene with Becca for a minute. I stand a lady who's like, nah, get the fuck out. Right. Because they haven't really done that. Like, they've had people rejecting, which, like, let's talk about it. The first mm-hmm. couple of episodes, you were saying, like, they've really tried to make Dean, like, a flirty character. Like, yeah. he's a real ladies' man, blah, 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 blah. He gets rejected, like, 90% of the time. I know. <laughs> he, he gets constantly rejected, which I, I do kind of love that. I love it seeing sort of male characters get rejected by ladies. It's a lot of fun for me. Just Especially when they do it in, like, just, like, the perfect way and especially considering at least in this series a lot of the circumstances around him hitting on people Mm. are they've just lost a loved one yeah disturbing and supernatural way and they're just like trying to work out what the fuck happened to them and like grieve Mm -hmm. so like i'm all for people to basically telling him to fuck off yeah i did think to myself though that like when not dean but like the shifter version of dean shows up on her front porch and is like i just wanted to like explain or whatever if i was her i would have been so livid i would have told him to get fucked right there and i would have closed the door and you'd be an icon and you'd be safe (laughs) like i couldn't believe i was like you're gonna let him in You're going to let him try to make this better? Really? He lied to you. He told you he was a detective. So did your friend. Like, you let them into the crime scene. They fucked this up for you in so many ways. Like, and you're just going to be like, eh, I'll give him a second chance. I would be like, nah, fuck you, man. I'd lock the door and I would tell him to get out. And here's the thing. If I was her, I'd probably give Sam another chance to explain. Simply Mm. because she'd known Sam for years. Yeah, they were friends. Like, he was on their fridge. He was on their fridge. She doesn't know Dean. Yeah. Like, he showed up, pretended to be a cop, mm-hmm. blew a lot of the physical evidence and shit from the crime scene because it was a sealed crime scene, yeah. which apparently means nothing to the brothers. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. They didn't even wear gloves. They didn't even wear gloves. <laughs> and it's just this case of, I don't I don't know why she would have let him in. Yeah. If you had a pre-existing relationship with someone and they fuck up, even if they fuck up majorly, like, sure, you can like be like, all right, like, fine, like, explain to me then. Explain to me why you made this choice. Explain to me. But if it's, yeah, it's someone that you've never even fucking met. I would be like, no, get lost. I have no, I have no reason to give you the time of day. You know, I met you for three seconds and you fucked up my life. I don't, I don't want to continue a conversation with you. I will say though, the conversation with Becky and the shapeshifter is hilarious. Like watching it back. (laughs) Is it? Yes. After she's let him in the door, which is a bad idea. Yeah. She's sitting there with the shapeshifter and like Dean's just explained everything and they sort of cut that for time. Mm. So you just get like the end and it's like, I know it sounds crazy, but like it's a shapeshifter. Yeah. And she's basically just being like, nah, man, the shapeshifter is whack. Yeah. Like, he is a punk ass bitch. And the shapeshifter, shapeshifter Dean's like, 
oh no like you really gotta like consider like i think he's just kind of lonely and she's like nah he can get fucked right she's like if i could just play devil's advocate <laughs> and she's like nah man she's like i don't have time for Fuck your off bullshit. With that bullshit yeah right no, no, no i love that's her. what i mean in terms that conversation is hilarious yeah because the entire time she's just straight up insulting the shapeshifter to his face right while he's pretending oh, to be dean so and good. then like the dean shapeshifter is like but 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 yeah <laughs> she's like nah fuck it <laughs> no mate oh god actually another thing that i really question when it's the shapeshifter looks like dean and he has attacked becca and she's all tied up and they send the SWAT team around, right? Because Sam and Real Dean called the cops and they send them to the address because they know what's happening. They show up. And so the shapeshifter makes his getaway. The cops have machine guns? Did you notice that? I didn't like, notice that. He stabs one of the cops and he goes backwards. Obviously, as he's like been stabbed, so his muscles have clenched. And his finger is on the trigger. And as he falls back, it's like all through the ceiling. And then the shapeshifter jumps off the balcony is like running through the lawn and it's like a straight up machine gun after him too on either side do cops in america have machine guns because i have had to call the cops here before someone was trying to break into my house and my roommate and i we locked ourselves in the bathroom but he was trying to break our front door down and even in that circumstance i don't even know if they had just a normal gun i think they just had like maybe they had a handgun Pretty sure they had tasers. Like a machine gun. Absolutely not. Any weapon that this cop could have had on them when they came to get this guy who was trying to do whatever could easily fit in one hand. Like there is no way a machine gun is necessary in any circumstance for a break and enter. Like even if there is like a murder happening, a machine gun is still not necessary. You are 100% right there. And while we're talking about the cops, let's talk about like the cops are showing up Right, they they've put the bowl out, blah 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 blah. Yeah, they know that it looks like Dean, etc. And the car's still sitting in front of the house. I know. And then they there's are surprised. Like a, there's not even like a lock on the wheel or anything. Like that happens if you're parked in a fucking no park zone. But like Dean and Sam start walking up to the car, mm. right? And then they're surprised when there's cops sitting on it. Right. It's like <laughs> this is a suspicious car that was parked in front of a home. Where attempted murder has just taken place. Yeah. As far as they know, the suspect drove this car in. Mm-hmm. As if they're just going to leave it out there with no one watching the fucking car. Do you know what I love about the fact that, like, this artist sketch was, like, all over the news as well and they're, like, watching it on the TV? Do you reckon John is somewhere, just, like, in a motel or something, just turns on the local news just to see what's happening and it's Dean's face and it's like, man, accused of murder. And he's like, Fuck. <laughs> In terms of accused of murder, though, because, like, they ended the episode and they basically pin it all on Dean. Yeah. And then they killed Dean. Yeah, Dean is... The shapeshifter Dean is dead. Yeah. So it's like... But also, like, obviously shapeshifter Dean, they posed as actual Dean. Yeah. Does that mean Dean doesn't technically exist? Then? He's like, legally dead. I'm assuming the way you said that, this isn't the first time Dean legally dies. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's the first time. It's not necessarily the last time. Everyone dies a lot in this show. But yes, technically Dean is now legally dead because they have a body and an ID and a name and DNA uh, and dental and everything. So for all intents and purposes, Dean is dead. In an autopsy, would a shapeshifter's body behave the same as a normal human's body? That is very interesting. Maybe. I mean, I've got the book. I can check it. Do you think that's seriously (laughs) going to be in the book? (laughs) Have an anatomical drawing of the innards. (laughs) 
of a shapeshifter? Probably not. He does mention, though, that he was born human in the second monologue with Becca. He mentions, like, oh, like, it's evolution. He was born human, but then he was, like, weird, and he didn't want to be weird, so he found a way to make himself look like other people. So he's basically Mystique from X-Men. I guess so, yeah. I guess it's just X-Men. So when the shifter has taken the shape of Becca, right, and he goes back to the house and, like, Sam is there and is re-explaining everything to who he thinks is the real Becca, but is now the shifter Becca, and she ties him up. He soars through the rope too fast. And it's not even a serrated blade either. So soaring is not, like, it's just, it's a relatively dull kitchen knife with no serrated edge. And he has, like, what, inch-thick rope in multiple wraps around his wrists. And he gets through it. And, like, I reckon he's, like, up, down, up, down, done. And I'm like, there's no way. There's no fucking way. <laughs> so you, what you're saying is that the lion in Bunnings getting some rope. You've got the Wendigo. And then, <laughs> and then the shifter. Yeah, one the after shifter. the other. They're just, yeah. like, standing there with their, with their snags. Just yeah. having the time of their little Bunnings, lives. you know? No, what I'm saying is that um, in terms of realism... I accept the existence of a shapeshifter. I draw the line at taking only three seconds with a ver- relatively dull knife to that cut through a giant That broke his suspension of disbelief. That's what, that's what got me. It wasn't the teeth being forced out. It wasn't the nails. It wasn't the concept of the supernatural. No, no. No, no. It was the physics of a knife and a rope. <laughs> what I don't get about that bit as well is just simply the fact they're okay, so they've just worked out it's taken the form of Dean, and they're like, Oh, it must be in the stewards. Like, let's go and find your doppelganger, basically. Yeah, yeah. They don't even consider for a moment that maybe it took another form. Yeah. and they It's don't... a shapeshifter. Yeah. Do you think it's really going to stay looking the same yeah, as right. what it knows that you're going to be looking for? Yeah, I was thinking that too. And actually, do you know what's so funny is I have this problem a lot with Buffy as well. I don't know. You watched Buffy, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. When people just pop out of the sewers, I don't know about you, I have never... In my life, all 22 years of it, nearly 23 years of it, been strolling through a park or down a street and seen anyone just pop up from a manhole cover or out of a storm drain. I've never seen that happen. And, you know, if I did, I'd probably stop and think to myself, wow, that's weird. Is that person okay? They don't look like they work for the council. They might not be supposed to be in there. But there is literally a scene in this, and it happens in Buffy all the fucking time as well, where these people just randomly dressed as you would normally, no safety vest, no hard hat, no fucking anything, just pop up out of storm drains, out of damn sewers, and no one blinks a fucking eye. They just walk on past, they carry on with their day, and I I don't understand that. There's literally a couple... They're like walking through the park. It's a nice evening stroll. Maybe they're after a romantic dinner date and they just walk past the two of them, Sam and Dean, popped up, all sweaty, probably stinky, out of the sewers. And they're like, yeah, that seems about right. Carry on my merry way. Can't relate. You would just ignore someone who popped out of the sewers? Hell yeah. All right. <laughs> you don't ignore someone who pops out of the sewers, you get murdered. So oh, like, I guess I'm that's putting fair. my head down, I'm continuing to walk. I'm good. <laughs> Don't need to get murdered today. I'm yeah, fine. I'm asking them what the fuck they're doing. I'm like, are you right, mate? And then I get killed. Yeah, you're way too nice. Go be a bit more <laughs> me. Okay, so there's a scene and they're talking about how shapeshifters are just a legend. Last week you dealt with Bloody Mary. And she was just a legend too. I feel like every single episode they do the same thing where they go, Could be mm. this. 
but that's just an urban legend. It's like you just fought Bloody Mary. Like, oh, I know. And I think what's funny is it's almost like they don't want to accept that there's like another thing that's out there. Because, like, poor Sam, he just wants to have friends and go to school. And now it's just like, well, your girlfriend was murdered by a supernatural fire. And he probably just wants to think to himself, man, if only it could just have been a normal fucking fire. And now there's this and he's like, fuck, you know, I wish my friend was just a normal, insane person who tried to murder someone instead of me having to go and fix the damn problem. I mean, he probably doesn't wish his friend was a murderer, but like, you know what I mean? He probably just wishes, god damn, couldn't this have been a normal break and ender? Like somebody come in, killed somebody in life, like it was a human being and there wasn't. You know, I think, God, wouldn't it be nice if they could just pretend that all of these crimes were just normal things that they didn't have to concern themselves with? I think it's also... As soon as I heard the premise of this episode, I was like, it's going to turn into one of the brothers. And then it turns into one of the brothers and I was like, it had to happen. And then there's this like this entire monologue where it's the shifter Dean and he's basically just like, I'm really going to miss this skin. He has a lot of really good qualities. You should appreciate like, it more. You should appreciate it more. It's like, obviously the writers were just really proud of Dean. Yeah. And we're like, <laughs> it's like we were saying like the other day. And we were talking about how it's like they've given all of their effort has gone into making Dean this really interesting, complex character. And then Sam's just kind of there. And, like, we learn more about Sam in, like, this episode and stuff, you know, and he's, like, obviously still trying to stay in contact with friends. And, like, you know, he still wants to kind of go back to school, I guess, you know. But it's still, like, we still have so much more knowledge about Dean than we do about Sam. And, yeah, you're right. Like, it just feels like they're just, like, showing him off a bit. (laughs) One of the, like last things I wanted to like touch on is that Dean has to shoot not himself obviously but like he kind of has to like watch himself get shot and also he pulls the trigger and I just feel like that would be a trip like can you imagine he bloody married himself he did (laughs) but like can you imagine like seeing yourself and then having to like knowing that you had to then shoot yourself or kill yourself but it's not you it's such a something that looks like you but like i don't know it's freaky and it's that whole thing where like at least it wasn't rusty now (laughs) it's that whole thing where like you know identical twins don't think they look alike like they can't see it yeah but it's if you aren't an identical twin and you aren't used to like looking at someone who like you can see a resemblance can you imagine if like your reflection just stepped out of a mirror and you were like well i have to kill you now i just think that would just be so fucking weird like it's wearing his face i know that is the concept of a shapeshifter yeah i <laughs> though when they're talking about it they're like oh it's a shapeshifter a shapeshifter can like turn into other people or animals and i'm sitting there going well if this is what a shapeshifter is why can it turn into a bird and like fly away? Like, because they're like, the shapeshifters can't fly. I'm like, how the fuck do you know that? <laughs> the shapeshifter runs into Mothman. He's like, finally, finally, I can have wings. No, I, uh, I just can't imagine like opening a door and just seeing myself. Like, I can't picture it. And I guess it's like one of those funny things because you see yourself on film or someone takes a photo, but it's never the same as like seeing. I don't know, like I'm looking at you now and like you are 3D and I can see your movements and how you hold yourself and how you wiggle your eyebrows at me. You know, like I can see all those things and it's like a whole concept, but I can never see that of myself. I can't see the way that I walk, the way my mannerisms, the way that I hold myself in the same way. And so I can't imagine being in a position where I'm like getting over the shock of seeing that and then also being like, oh, right, I have to murder this person. You know? Fair enough. Look, I haven't really put a lot of thought into that. <laughs> Freaked me out. <laughs> uh, like, I'm I'm good. I, I probably won't ever be in a position where I have to murder myself. Probably. 
Like I don't, I don't see a situation in which I have a doppelganger that I have to kill to save people. It just doesn't really seem necessary. I guess it's one of those things, like, you know how people are always like, if you, like, had a clone, like, would you fuck yourself? You know, like, that I'm question. never going to be in this situation, so like, why would I waste time <laughs> thinking about it? No, but it's like, I guess it's the same question, but it's like, if you had a clone, would you kill them? Let's just say I'm more likely like, to kill my clone than I am to fuck by Because <laughs> it's kind of like... I don't know what I would do if I had a clone. I would... That's the face of someone who just realised they'd fuck their clone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I would definitely sleep with them because, like, curiosity and I guess a little bit, like, egotistical, you know. But, like, I'd be curious. But it's also, like, I also don't think I would be comfortable knowing there was, like, another, like, actual me walking around. I think I'd have to kill them. But I also don't think I could kill anyone. So I don't know what I would do. I think I would go into crisis, actually. I'm starting to realise that I go into crisis a lot. But I think that's what I would do. I think I would have a crisis. And then they might kill me. What if they kill me? Bethany, they're you. Yeah. If but you could kill of you, why, could, why would you be able to kill you? Oh, that's a good point. Nature versus nurture, though. Because, like, maybe they were grown in a lab and then they've never been exposed to human compassion or empathy and so then they don't have the same morals as me or ethics as me maybe they're sent to murder me i don't know i think hashtag conspiracy (laughs) i think you're going down the rabbit hole a bit there (laughs) moral of the story i would fuck my clone i would consider murdering my clone depends on the situation (laughs) anyway i think that was it unless you had any other points that you wanted to to touch on I just, I can't believe how surprised they are. Every time they're like, oh, wow, the shapeshifters changed, like, what they look it's like. It's changed shape. It's a fucking shapeshifter. How are we feeling? How are we rating today's episode? Okay. I'll probably give it a three. Just because I didn't love the special effects in it. The plot line wasn't all that compelling. And, again, like, just some stupid decisions on behalf of the main characters. <laughs> and I'm sitting here going, why would you do that? It's definitely not as good as the last episode. I think Bloody Mary's definitely been my favourite episode. Duly noted. And next episode is called Hookman. I will give you three guesses what the villain is. Hook Hand Car Door Man Hat. No, it's Captain Hook from uh, Peter Pan. Um, It's a crossover. It's really interesting. Uh, There's a flying ship involved. Look, I read the title of the next episode and all I could think of is that there's that that story and that meme that was meant to be a creepypasta and it just, it devolves. And it just ends with like, car, yeah. hook, hand, door, man. Yeah. And it's like, those are just words that you put together. Yep. Um, so what's your prediction for the next episode? So I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say that a supernatural being that is a man with a hook for a hand is going to kill some people. That is, yeah, I mean, essentially, it's pretty much what the title tells you, yeah. I think they're going to try and continue to voyage on to find John. Mm. I don't know if we'll reveal any more information about John yet because you've yeah, got to remember We didn't get any in this episode, did we? No, we got none in this episode, but it seems like they're putting John on the back burner for a bit. So I'm sort of just yeah. waiting for something to happen to give them a new clue because I think yeah. sort of what they've done is they basically said, like, well, we've exhausted everything well, that we have in terms of clues. But, yeah, I think going forward they're just going to keep trying to find John. Keep fighting monsters, specifically a man with hook hand next week. Yeah. And you're going to assume it's supernatural because that's, that's it's the implied. Title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, in that case, uh, that just about does it for today's episode. Um, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.